everyone, and welcome back to JCM Prepare the Way. I am here with Mallory. Hi, everyone. And uh, we're just excited you're tuning in. And before we start, Mallory, I have to tell you, I'm sitting here drinking a cup of your husband's coffee. So Mallory's slowly changing me from McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's so funny. I know I walked into Carol's house and now she has a coffee bar in her house. She said, uh, but I'm glad that you're turning your ways. You know, my husband actually, before he started, um, roasting coffee, when I first met him, he was drinking gas station coffee. He liked it. I was like, Oh my gosh, that's my husband. He, he loves it super strong, like jet fuel. So, but this is great. He makes a really, really good coffee, but you're not selling it yet. Right. Not yet. We've, we're kind of busy right now, but it's cool. I actually prayed over him that he, I mean, there's so much that goes into it. There's oxygen level, heat, timing. There's so much more. It's very scientific. So you need a lot of creativity. And I just prayed that he'd be so creative and he, he's done a great job. It's really nice. Whenever we run out of coffee, I'm like, okay, get back in there. Go make us some more coffee. <laughs> get back to work. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, so you want to start us off today? Yeah, I'd love to. Well, you guys, we just realized that we have some listeners internationally. We have some people listening in Australia and Romania, South Africa, Russia, and oh, the UK. Yeah. Yeah. And so we just want to give a shout out to you guys. Even if you want to introduce yourselves, you guys can email us at JCM. Nope. (laughs) Sorry, what's the email? email? Mallory, you never remember our email. (laughs) Yeah, we just are so excited you guys are tuning in and um, yeah, we want to hear from you. So please email us at uh, prepare the way at jcmcolorado.com. <laughs> You're so funny. Yeah. So Carol, do you want to talk about our topic today? Sure. Yeah. Thanks everybody um, for tuning in again. We are actually tackling the topic of fasting today. And um, I remember when I first started fasting, I didn't really understand it all. And I'm sure there's probably some of you out there feel the same way. But I did it because I was told to do it, and I was told that it was powerful and that it would be a key to praying for breakthrough and finances or healing or even just my own personal faith journey, whatever. So I would do these short fasts, and um, but then I started to really study the topic of fasting and over the years, and so I've been at this now for a while, but I learned something really important that fasting is a mystery. I mean, it is just a true mystery. It's one of those things in the Bible that we know it works, but I still don't understand how it all works. And I know that there is a reason God wants it to work, and we're going to go into that, but it is a true mystery. There is something about it that when we do it, though, it really does connect us deeper to God. I know when I do it, I can speak for myself. It really strengthens and deepens the relationship. But one thing I also noticed is that it really connects us to the anointing of God. And that anointing then is used for a specific purpose afterwards. And so that's just something I've discovered. What about you? Yeah, I'd say the same thing. When I first started following the Lord, I learned about fasting and I just kind of did it because I felt like I was supposed to. And it is, it's taken me years. I feel like in just the last couple of years, it's all clicked for me and it's still a mystery, but I'm no longer doing it out of, I have to, 
or I just want to get what I want from a situation that I'm fasting for. For me, it's come so much more about intimacy and hunger for Jesus, Mm -hmm. which we'll talk more about, but it really is just a grace that God gives us to do that. So I'm really excited about this topic today. Yeah, me too. And I think you touched upon something. It's a grace that we get to do because that's one thing I want to start off with by saying, um, at least for myself and maybe you too, Mallory, is if you're going to do a fast, and again, we're about to get ready to go into all this, um, I always make sure I'm being led into that Mm -hmm. fast. Unless, of course, there's something, a very urgent need um, right on the spot. But if I'm doing a long fast, it's something I definitely want to be led by the Spirit in because then I know I can endure through it because Mm -hmm. that grace is given in that. So today, you know, I know there is a renewed interest in fasting, namely what people are calling intermittent fasting. And many people are doing it right now for health reasons. My husband does it. And they love the results, you know, whether someone's not eating um, until lunch or they skip dinners or whatever it is. And so not only are people losing weight, but they feel really good too. And I think that's something important to point out that Of course, one of the wonderful results and benefits of a fast is that it's really good for your body. It's a clearing. And so it's been talked about more today simply for those benefits. But there's a different type of fast that takes place in the Bible. And these fasts are instituted when people, they needed help from God, or they need an empowering to overcome specific spirits. And that's the kind of fasting we want to discuss today. We want to share with you what the Bible says about fasting. And then we want to give you examples of how people in the Bible used it to receive that breakthrough and then help you begin fasting in your own life. Because again, the mystery of fasting is that it elicits a response from God. It releases, I think it releases an anointing for answered prayer or for this empowerment that we need uh, for specific situations and much more, of course. And so do you care if I begin um, in Isaiah? Do you want to do that? Okay. So I'm going to kick us off by um, reading actually a really important scripture about fasting, and it's found in Isaiah 58. So if you have your Bibles handy, go grab your Bible and you can read along with us. And I'm just reading this out of the New King James Version translation for this episode. We both use multiple translations for different things, so you'll see us bounce around a little bit. But in this passage, um, there's a rebuke taking place towards God's people from God through Isaiah, of course. God was angry because the people were willfully sinning despite God calling out their sin through prophets. And yet they were over here willfully sinning, but then turning around and still practicing all of their religious duties in order to be blessed by God. And one thing God calls out in particular in this passage is that when they fasted, They did it for themselves, not to truly seek him. And they did it for themselves to exploit all of the, look, quote, good works that I do. I fast, I pray, I do this, I do that. And so God calls them out on it. And what the passage says is this, you did not fast to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast that I have chosen? And then he continues, is this not the fast that I have chosen? to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. 
Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked that you cover them and not hide yourself from your own flesh, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and the speaking wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth, and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. And I wanted to go into that whole passage, even though it's a little long, because it is so powerful. It highlights very specific things that take place when we fast God's way. And what happens is you receive revelation. There's healing and wholeness, righteousness, the presence of his glory, answered prayers, continual guidance, we have a refreshing, a strength, work that endures, and raising up of future generations and overall restoration. And how does it work to produce all of that? Well, I don't really know, honestly. <laughs> it's a mystery. But to me, it lies in one word, and that's submission. Submission to God. That's so good. I'm so glad that you read out that whole verse. I actually haven't really gone into that one so much. So I'm glad that you did. And, um, just like Carol read, you know, we see fasting and its purpose and power all throughout the Bible. We see it in the old Testament and the new Testament. And for me, when I think of fasting, I think one of my favorite stories of fasting is in the book of Daniel and Daniel, he was a prophet. He was exiled and he was a captive to Babylon and he was someone who had really powerful visions of the return of Christ. So when you talk about end times or the return of Christ, Daniel is often um, referred to. And so at one point, Daniel, he was fasting. And on the 24th day of his fast, an angel comes to him. And he says to him in Daniel, or it says in Daniel 10, 12, the angel says, for from the first day that you purpose to understand and humble yourself before God, your prayers were heard. I've become, I've come because of your prayers, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me after I had been there and left or been, sorry, after I had been left there with the Kings of Persia. Now I have come to help you understand what will happen to your people in the last days for the vision, for the vision, you understand what will happen. And so this passage is just full of the purpose and the power of fasting. First, we see it's a way to humble ourselves. You know, he said you purposed and humbled yourself before God. 
we see that it says that he purposed to understand. And, you know, we also see in Psalm 69, 10, it says, I humbled my soul with fasting. So if you're in a place where maybe you're dealing with pride or your view before God, you're not humbling yourself before the Lord, maybe fasting is a great place to start. Mm. And then we see that that prayer with the fasting is activating God's angels to move. That's why I went into that whole verse. So you could see that God's angels, they're our helpers. They're actually waiting for us to call on them. And we see that when Daniel, he endures in this fast, he's empowered. He's empowering the angels to fight and to deliver this powerful message for his people. That is so good. We've talked before on prayer how prayer activates the angelic realm to work on our behalf and Mm -hmm. we can't miss the fact that fasting does that too yeah and it comes back to like you just said that whole humbling and then that submission that comes that's really powerful you know and I think that's something important you know fasting it's expected of believers don't forget when Jesus was delivering the sermon on the mount and you go and you read in Matthew chapter 6 and he's starting to talk about prayer like okay when you pray go into this you know, secret place or this closet. And then he gives the pattern of how to pray through the Lord's prayer. But then he moves on to, I believe it's verses 16 and 17 when he starts touching on fasting. And he says the same, a very similar thing that he does about prayer when you fast. And my friends, it's not quote, if you fast or if you pray, it's when you do those things. Jesus clearly sets an expectation that he expects his disciples on the earth to do both. And that's us. And so as believers, prayer and fasting are simply an unavoidable part of taking up our cross daily. You know, we've majored on the word of God for centuries, and we're just beginning to step into obedience more regarding the discipline of prayer. But fasting remains rarely practiced. And I think it is because it's this mystery. Sometimes it's hard for us to see the results, and we are a results-oriented culture. We want to see the results the fruit of our labor immediately. And so it's a mystery to the modern church. And yet it is here that we find the principal key to going beyond the infilling of the Holy Spirit to the power of the Spirit, that anointing that triggers and activates the power of the Holy Spirit. And let me explain this in two places in the Gospels so that you understand where I'm going on this. Scripture tells us Remember when Jesus, after he was baptized, well, then he was being, quote, filled with the Holy Spirit. He returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted for 40 days by the devil, right? And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, when that had ended, he was hungry. That's in Luke chapter four, verses one and two, if you want to follow along. And he concludes his wilderness season in a confrontation with the devil, But when that was completed, scripture tells us, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out throughout all the surrounding region. That's Luke 4, 14. That was when his ministry started. But a mystery lies in that 40 days of fasting. He was filled with the Holy Spirit when he returned from the Jordan, as scripture says, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. But he came out of those 40 days of fasting And it says specifically in the power of the spirit to Galilee. So that's something really important to note and to to meditate on. The second place I want you to go is Matthew 17, starting in verses 14. 
And that's that story when the multitude was together and a man came down to him, down to Jesus, and said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. And then Jesus, this is that famous quote that Jesus says, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. You know, you can almost picture this going on. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour from a spirit of epilepsy. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. So now picture them being by, with Jesus by themselves. Why couldn't we cast him out? And Jesus says, because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from there to here, and it will, but nothing is impossible for you. But then he adds this, however, this kind, this particular spirit does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And there's many takeaways in this passage of scripture, but for the sake of our topic, we're just going to look at the point Jesus is making about fasting. Certain victories, my friends, will not be achieved in our lives or in the lives of others without the combination of prayer and fasting. And in this passage, there appears to be a power that gets released as a result of fasting, with prayer, of course, to cast out that demon of affliction, that demon of epilepsy. We can't go into this today about this dem- these demonic powers and these demons of affliction, because that's going to be part of a spiritual warfare series we do. But this particular demon needed to be cast out, and it came out by prayer and fasting, both of which Jesus practiced, and his disciples were obviously just learning about. And we can't understand it, but fasting is powerful, and it releases this anointing, this power. And so we have stories, and there's countless stories from the Bible and testimonies today to confirm that that works. Did you have anything you wanted to add to that? No? No. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's start with one of those stories. I know you had touched upon the one in Daniel. Let's not forget um, the three-day fast in the book of Esther. You know, they were desperate for God to save the Jewish people who were about to be exterminated. And God responded by exposing the plot. And the Jewish people were saved. They fasted for three solid days. And thank God, because through that remnant, of course, came Jesus. And then fasting, though, also worked for people who were not following the God of Israel. You know, um, that pagan nation of Nineveh. Keep in mind, God's reputation, and we've taught on this in our Israel series, his reputation as the defender of Israel reached far and wide. Nations feared the God of Israel, even if they weren't worshiping him. They feared him. They, they have heard of his great power and all of his mighty works. Well, Jonah was the prophet sent to Nineveh with a very strong message. Repent or God would destroy them. And so even though they were pagan and carried out all kinds of evil practices, God was willing to extend mercy to this nation. And what did Nineveh do? Well, the king took the warning seriously and he commanded the whole country to fast and repent, including the animals. And it says, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. This place was a very violent nation. 
Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so we may not perish? And God responded. He stayed his hand. And it's a mystery. Again, it's, I think, that submission, that humbling Mallory was talking about. And I, we have to ask ourselves, are people willing to do what is necessary to submit to the God of heaven? To deny ourselves, sometimes food, sometimes water, sometimes both, or whatever he commands, in order to seek his will. And I think that's the question for every nation out there. Are we willing to do, <clears throat> excuse me, what it takes to entreat God's forgiveness and favor? Mm-hmm. That's so good, Carol. And I loved what you said, how Jesus, he was filled with the spirit, but then he came out with power. I mean, just to see that difference after 40 days. And then also, I just love that you reminded us of that verse with some things cannot be broken until we fast and something breaks. Like you said, it really is a mystery. And so let's go on to talk about what are the different types of fasts. So if you're just starting out or if you're on your journey and um, just need a little boost, you know, let's just talk about the different types of fast. So you want to choose what type of fast do you want to do and then how long you want to do it. And just to start off is, you know, you have a normal fast where you can abstain from all food and water or all food and drink except for water. And then there's obviously those will be shorter than the other ones that that are that we can do. Another one is a partial fast. So you can do like a juice fast or just you said, I'm just going to eat fruits and vegetables where you say I'm only going to eat something or you can focus on what you're taking out as well. And another one is called a Daniel fast. And I went into the book of Daniel for a little bit, but you guys can even search that. There's even a book on the Daniel fast, which is a really great resource. And those fasts you can usually do longer. Um, And then, like I said, choose how long you would want to do it for. So you can do it one day, three days. You could do a week. You could do two weeks. And they're, you know, these are really great to do short-term fast, but also consider adding fasting to your calendar as well. You know, maybe every Wednesday you fast dinner. And for me, I put it in my calendar. I fast something every Monday and it just keeps me in line with the spirit and, um, just putting it in as a spiritual discipline. And I want to say too, that fasting, it really is a muscle that's to be strengthened And if you've never fasted before, I would not suggest starting with like a three-day no food fast. (laughs) My husband is so intense and sometimes he'll just, I like that you said that to be led by the spirit in your fast, because there have been times where I feel filled with zeal and it's just out of my own flesh. And then I start it and I don't finish it. But every time I've been led by the spirit, it's been so anointed and there really is a grace. Um, but with that, just set yourself up with realistic expectations. You know, like I said, maybe you just start by fasting one meal and then you can build up from there two meals. I'm such a person of baby steps. (laughs) So, um, and then also of course, if you're pregnant, if you're nursing, if you have health concerns, fasting food is obviously not a viable option for you. I've actually been pregnant and nursing for the last three years. So I've had to be creative of what the Lord wants me to fast. Um, and so just ask God, I mean, be led by the spirit, spend time with the Lord and ask him, is there a specific food that you could fast or something else? And sometimes we might feel God ask us to give up something in particular, whether it's food or not, you know, there's, you can give up social media, TV, coffee, sweets, alcohol. And there are a lot of times that my husband and I, we feel like these things in our life, some of the things that I mentioned, 
you know, they no longer have a healthy place in our life. And so we feel like we should fast them so they no longer have that grip, that hold on us. And when we do that, we find it really puts us back with a healthy relationship with that thing. Like, you know, we talk about coffee all the time. Well, that's because I'm somewhat addicted. So that is what I like. (laughs) That's what I fast. That's what I do on Mondays is fasting from coffee. No, that's great. Um, I think those are great suggestions. And I think to add to one of those, if you are just starting out and, um, an easy way to do 24 hours, if you are one of those people that want to just go full blown into a whole day or a full 24 hour, one good suggestion is after dinner, uh, one night, don't eat anything else until the next dinner. So you finish an evening meal and then fast through until it's time for dinner the next day. It is 24 hours, but a chunk of that is sleeping. So it's really doable. Mm-hmm. That's great. I've actually never done it that way, but I like it because it seems, it seems more realistic for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're not going to hold day without food. Um, and I want to say too, you know, word of caution as well is that fasting, you know, we just heard Carol list off all those benefits that we get, but it's not, we need to remember, it's not a way that we control God to get an outcome. He's not like a vending machine. If I just put in this much cash and press these buttons, this is what I'm going to come out with. Yes, we get those. But like I said, remember that our hearts are in a place to be humbled and you know, he's God, we're not. And God answers our prayer out of grace and fasting. It really prepares our hearts and it removes that veil. Sometimes that's over us to hear those answered prayers and see those answered prayers. And so let's talk about fasting partner with prayer, but also fasting in the benefit of intimacy and fasting, you know, it sets our hearts on the Lord. And this is such an excellent time to partner it with prayer And, um, a few months ago, our church that we were going to, they called the corporate fast. And I love what our pastor said about fasting. I don't know if I'm calling one of you guys out of the, out here, but I I know that I felt called out. I needed to hear this. He said, you know, don't just sit and fast and sit in your chair during lunch and just think about how hungry you are. (laughs) Cause that's why I used to be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so hungry. I would just focus so much on the lack. No, use that time to pray. And yeah, you know, it made me so hungry what I was really hungry. It can, if you focus on it, what you're really hungry for, to G, for Jesus to move in your heart, for him to move in your life and to move into your situation. And like I said, you know, fasting, it positions our hearts to be hungry for the Lord. And I kind of talked about my early days of fasting and thankfully God was so good. You know, I did it out of kind of a religious mindset of, um, well, I need to do this. Well, thankfully, you know, God was so good and he was so patient that he still used it to sanctify me, even though my heart wasn't totally in the right place. I kind of made it more about myself. Um, But yeah, you know, we have to understand that God has made available to us unlimited riches. (laughs) He has unlimited riches. So think about that. Think about the richest person that you know. They can probably buy as many cars as they like. They could probably go out to eat all the time. Okay, now, but they could buy Twitter. They could buy Twitter. (laughs) They could literally buy. But those resources end out. There's a certain point where it stops. Okay, now think about God. His riches are unlimited. I mean, it's so mind blowing. We cannot even comprehend Mm -hmm. how unlimited his riches are and what his riches are available to us. And these riches, they're the fruits of the spirit. There's wisdom. And best of all, which I'm going to start talking about is intimacy. Mm -hmm. 
And with wisdom, there's more wisdom and understanding of his character that he has made available to us that he wants to give us that we cannot even fathom. Think again about that richest person, like more than that. And there's intimacy with God that he wants to bring us into that we could never dream of. And the Song of Songs, it says, his love is better than wine. Well, wine in this verse, it signifies the desires, the pleasures of this world. If his love is truly better than the desires of this world, I want to know that love. And so if these riches are made available to us, why do we, after 30 minutes of our time with the Lord, feel good about ourselves and just check it off our to-do list or do that with fasting? You know, in that feeling of physical hunger that I feel during fasting, it ignites this deeper hunger for God. And Psalm 42, one says, as the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. And the psalmist here, he's using this understanding of a deer being thirsty. And think about the last time when you're thirsty. And now for me, um, it's all I can think about. And the same thing when you're hungry with fasting, it's all you can think about until you're satisfied. And I so desperately want to be hungry for the Lord and all that he has for me until that desire is satisfied, which it never truly is. There's satisfaction and then always hunger. It's so good. Like Carol said, you know, it's just that word of mystery. And so let that be our prayer that we would thirst for him, that we would long for him. And if you don't really feel that hunger, fasting is a great way to ignite that. And, you know, to go back to accessing those riches that I was talking about, it will cost us. It will cost us our comforts. It will cost us our desires. And the Lord said to me at the start of the year, I said this in another episode, but it's just so on my heart and fresh. But he said, Mallory, if you want to go deeper, it's going to cost you. And we are to humble ourselves before God. We are to deny ourselves to, to go deeper with him. And Paul, sends in first, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, he says, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. So fasting, it's an opportunity to put Jesus back in his first place as our focus. And it's to say no to the desires of this world. It's to crucify our flesh. And, you know, we cannot be friends with the world and its desires and be friends with Jesus. And we can't be hungry for the desires of the world and be hungry for Jesus. When did you say you fast every week, Monday nights, dinner? (laughs) No, I literally fast coffee. I just started a month ago. Because I'm sitting here like, there's like fire coming from you, girl. You are, that anointing is coming through. I just love it. You are so fun. You're so fun to do a podcast with. You know, know, fasting, um, golly, you just summed that whole thing up. That's so powerful. Thank you for sharing that from your heart. I know that that was really just laid on there by the Lord. So thank you Mm -hmm. for being obedient to that word. You know, fasting truly does tune us into the heart of God. And when we are attuned to that, he responds. That's plain and simple. And sometimes, you know, I don't know if any of you have experienced this. I know I have personally, um, and maybe you have too, Mallory. Sometimes during a fast, you may not feel like he's doing anything. You may not hear anything either. I remember doing a 40-day fast. And when it was done, a friend of mine wanted to know what kind of things God showed me during that fast. And my answer was, I don't think he showed me anything (laughs) because sometimes we can fast even for long periods of time and experience nothing or nothing supernatural if that's what you're looking for too. And so, but my encouragement to you is this, be patient. Mm -hmm. It's a mystery. And the result of your obedience to God 
when you fast, it will reveal itself at some point. It will reveal itself in time. And so my encouragement to you, just be led by the Lord. If you're to do a 40-day one, a 21-day one, a 30-day one, a one-day one, a half-day one, coffee, whatever it is, just be led (laughs) by the Lord. And I also want to mention this, that aside from hearing from God when you fast, sometimes I want to just prepare you for this. During a fast, ugly things can come out of us. I mean, things might come to the surface that we didn't know were there, especially anger and irritation. Mm -hmm. That definitely comes to the surface when people are hungry. But don't blame it on the fast and that you're just hungry. What you need to understand is that God is doing a cleansing work in your vessel to remove soulish things that he no longer wants there. And sometimes he brings those things to the surface so we can see these things in ourselves and he bypasses all those blind spots that we have in order for us to see them. So that's a really important thing to take note of too. Because you guys, fasting, it sharpens us. It sharpens the focus of our prayers. And I really believe it sharpens our accuracy in discerning things better. Um, I just want to leave one last story with you all for today's episode because we shared several examples in the Bible. But um, when you look at the story of King Jehoshaphat and Judah in the book of Second Chronicles, when two major enemies and other forces came together in overwhelming numbers to conquer Judah, Jehoshaphat feared and he set himself to seek the Lord. And so he proclaimed a fast throughout the whole land. All the cities came together to seek God in this matter. And then later you read that it says, you will not need to fight this battle. Position yourselves, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. God was giving them the encouragement that he had this battle. It was his. And this is a word for us today. They sought the Lord and he assured them that the battle was his. And the takeaway for us is to position ourselves too. There is a place, my friends, beyond victory called triumph. Victory is being able to defeat your enemies, but triumph goes far beyond mere victory. You know, we just started our Revelation series. It actually kicks off in a couple days. We did it uh, as a video recording in 2020 when we were all locked down, right? We couldn't go anywhere, but we have revamped it and updated it for our podcast. But there's something really important to note in that series, and it's a call to endure and overcome. Because essentially, that's what the whole letter of the revelation of Jesus Christ is. It is a manual for martyrdom, for people to be able to endure and overcome everything that's coming upon the earth to close out the end of the age. And like the first century church at that time, they were going to go through some really difficult things as a result of an emperor who considered himself Lord and God, much like what believers will face with the Antichrist and that whole Antichrist system. And so fasting today strengthens us for times when we are going to be called to stand amongst difficult situations, Mm -hmm. but we want to be triumphant still in those situations. So that's just a one little thing we wanted to mention Mm -hmm. because friends, when you triumph, you come out of the battle with more than you had before. We want to be triumphant in the end times, but we also want to be triumphant today. We want to triumph in our families and in our schools, over disease, in our nation. You know, there's an excellent book, Mallory. um, I don't know if you've read it, but it's called uh, Intercessor. It's Reese Howell's Intercessor by Norman Grubb. 
And it is the story about a man named Reese Howells, R-E-E-S, and then H-O-W-E-L-L-S. And he was literally taught by God himself how to pray, but also how to fast. And he became a channel God used for a mighty revival in Africa, but also impacting situations during World War II. It's a fascinating book, very humbling book. And it's a, it just is a wonderful read if you want to um, read about the life of a man who really devoted his life to prayer and fasting. And, you know, I think we can take cues from somebody like that. He was desperate for God and desperate for God to move. And that's, I think, what needs to happen for us today. We need to get desperate for God and stay desperate. You know, grace is free, my friends, but it's not inexpensive. Like Mallory said, it costs us and it's going to cost us to fully embrace and receive the fullness of what he wants to do through his people, especially now. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful, Carol. I'm glad that you just talked about that and the cost and just being victorious and triumphant. And so, um, you guys, thank you so much for joining us today. We are so glad that you guys just always come to listen and like I said, let us know what you think. Yeah. Yeah. You, and encourage you to fast. Yeah. Encourage you to fast. <laughs> let us know how your fast go. <laughs> yeah. No, we just are so grateful. It's such a powerful topic and um, we hope it blessed you. And if you do want to reach out, um, you can reach us at jeremiahscalled.org or um, now I'm forgetting the email. Oh, prepare the way at jcmcolorado.com. What is wrong with us? I need to write it down. I was thinking, I was like, this is like our, what, 15th episode? I still don't know the email. So funny. Anyway, take care, everybody. Until next time. Mm-hmm.